0: I o welcome to the Coast to Coast Podcast. We are back here with episode 28. I am your host, Kyle Creasy, and I'm here joined by my co-hosts Luke Walker and Emmett Ernsberger. Today we have our last pod before the season starts. Um, you know, that we're recording this on a Wednesday night. The season starts next Tuesday, October 18th, so really looking forward to that. Um, We've got some stuff to talk about. Obviously, since we last got on here, uh, Victor Wimbanyama and Scoot Henderson, we got to see them play and got to see them go at it. Obviously, Scoot got hurt early in the second game, but we still were absolutely blown away with Victor Wimbanyama. Um, We want to talk about kind of who should tank for Victor, who can't, who shouldn't, and who should consider it. Um, We got to talk about Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. Obviously, anyone who's listening to this has definitely seen the video of Draymond Green assaulting Jordan Poole. (laughs) Um, We're going to talk about Jay Crowder a little bit. Since Shams came out in The Athletic, they wrote that the Hawks have became a uh, suitor for Jay Crowder potentially. And then we have a panel of guys who, if you don't follow our Twitter, um, make sure you go hit that up and follow us. It's at coast to the the number 2 coast nba coast to coast nba and been posting a lot of tapes on there all of us have got a few teams that we're going to cover there's there's eight of us that have different teams whether it's three or four teams we're going to be covering those teams all season long putting out reels for you guys putting out updates so really looking forward to that but our panel of guys um most of us have been able to submit we had picks all kinds of preseason stuff. So awards, um, team standings, stuff like that. So we've we've done for executive of the year, coach of the year, six man of the year, most improved player, rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, MVP. We did all rookie teams. We did all NBA teams, all defense teams, and then we obviously have our standings for each conference, and we picked who we thought was going to make the finals and win the championship. So we have our panels' predictions. We've put all those together in what we're going to call coast to coast predictions uh this season uh, to start the year. So going straight into it to start out, um Metropolitan 92 and G League Ignite got to face off in two highly anticipated matchups. Um the two top draft prospects, the clear cut number one, Victor Wimbenyama and the clear cut number two, in my opinion as well, and Scoot Henderson faced off. And the first game that they played, what a show. Um these two put on played an, on ESPN in front of all kinds of NBA scouts and showed exactly why they're the top two picks. Um, Victor is a generational prospect. Uh, in the in the two games, Victor Wembanyama averaged 36.5 points, seven rebounds, 4.5 blocks. He shot 50% from three. He took 28 total free throws in the two games. And a very underrated stat here is that Victor only had three turnovers. And when you think about how much he had the ball in his hands and how much he was involved in, that's very impressive, especially at somebody his height. Um, Scoot had, in the one game he played, I mean, I know he technically played in two games, but like I said, he got hurt. In the first game, he had 28 points, nine assists, five rebounds, and shot 52% from the field and 60, 67% from the three-point line. I was shocked. I mean, I knew Victor was like this generational prospect, but I still wasn't even expecting what I saw. I hadn't I, – I knew a little bit about Scoop, but I was very impressed. There, I didn't know a ton, so it was cool to see them both go at it. Initial thoughts after you guys watched it, how did How did you feel about these two after you got done watching those games?
1: I knew that they were both elite. You know, I think that's something that we've known for a while, but seeing them, you know, go head-to-head in that game and, and, and being able to watch it live and on a big platform like ESPN, you really realize these guys are – or have the potential to be the next greats in this league. Um, and, and I think that's something that, you know, we shouldn't take lightly because, I mean, these are two of the most exciting prospects, you know, coming into the draft that that I are in recent history. And uh, I, I think that they're both phenomenal. And I think they'll, they'll go very far.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think Victor might be the best sports prospect, any sport that I've ever seen with my own eyes. I mean, I didn't get to. I didn't get to see LeBron. He's, like, he Victor, genuinely Victor's might be the best. Prospect. Prospect.
0: Victor's the best prospect I've seen in my lifetime.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm not even saying basketball. Though I'm saying of any sport I've ever seen, he might yeah. be it. His his floor is literally Chris Dapsporziness, and his ceiling is God.
0: <laughs> I, I I would even argue that his his floor is like multiple multiple time All Star.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Seriously, if he stays Obviously,
0: healthy. Obviously, you got to take into effect like if he were to get hurt or something, health, yeah. like lower his floor. But like assuming good health throughout
1: most of his career, I think his floor is probably multiple-time all-star. He is, I mean, like you you shouldn't be able to be able to shoot and score and handle the ball and be that long and athletic. It's not, it's not fair, dude. Like he is genuinely one of the most gifted talents that I think. Has ever been a prospect for the NBA?
2: It, it's coming down to the same thing we saw with Luka, where their stats and their performances seem somewhat underwhelming when they were playing in Europe. And now that they're playing in the NBA style ball, you see how freakish these guys are. It's, I mean, he, he literally looked like KD if we went in 2K and raised his height by a foot. Yeah. It's like,
0: I, I think what's what are like- we watching? Yeah, and I think what's kind of scary as well for, like, the league or, like, other teams is that you could tell he's still not very familiar with, like, American rules. Yeah. And he still just fit in so well.
1: And for those
0: that don't know, it's obviously not, like, huge differences, but it's differences that can definitely mess with you. And so by the time he kind of gets, like, recognizes all that and gets used to it and acclimated with all that, I mean, it gets even scarier. Yeah.
2: I mean, the difference between game two and one, you could see how much more fluid and just open he was to just doing whatever he wanted. He was just having fun out there.
0: Yes. Like, obviously he hit the seven threes in game one and went like seven for 11, but I'm totally with you. Like, everything else in his game looked so much better in game two, even though he looked phenomenal in game one. Yeah. Yeah. It was even better in game two.
2: Yeah. He he literally – he just – I mean, I don't know how to put it into words. It was just do what I want when I want. Yeah. (laughs) I mean that's, I mean we're talking about Victor right now. But Scoot looked incredible too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so, a yeah. Baron Davis kind of Derek or Derek Rose type player, just
0: a really high, super, guard. yeah. So let me pose this question to you. Obviously, I don't just want to kind of shove Scoot under the rug, but this is going to be mainly talk about Victor. Um, yeah. Shout out to Scoot. He looked great. He's a clear cut number one, number two pick. But. Yeah. A question I want to pose to you guys is: Where do you think Victor ranks in terms of prospects all time?
1: Two, I, I think two as well. I, I can't I can't say that he's more high. I mean, I think LeBron was a a cultural phenomenon as a prospect, like you know from from such a young age. And Victor maybe you know I mean more more raw talent for say you know more skill. Uh, coming out at this age but I, I would say number two all time
0: so yeah I just yeah go ahead Emmett. I, I, I mean
2: I, I none of us were like really conscious when LeBron was getting drafted and this whole thing yeah. so our whole our whole thing is we just see the social media presence of Victor but LeBron was before social media and he still had the entire world staring him waiting for him to just fail or become yeah. the next best player yeah. And so that's why I'm giving the edge
0: to LeBron. So I'll I'll say off the rip, he's not gonna have the hype of LeBron. A big big reason why he's not in the United States.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: and he may not even have the hype of Zion or of Andrew Wiggins. And for those of you that may have forgotten, the Andrew Wiggins hype, especially out of high school, was unbelievable.
1: Oh, so real. And yeah. he was he was really good at Kansas as well, and that created more hype, you know, going into the NBA.
0: Yeah, and maybe not even as much as Anthony Davis, just in terms of the hype around like like I know that he was everywhere on social media but how much on social media do we see of him the rest of the year you know what I'm saying yeah like yeah. I know there'll be a close eye on him even more now and more people will be trying to cover him overseas but it just won't be the same since he's not in the US but I want to point out just in terms of prospects I think he is the best prospect of all time and it, it's obviously yeah. not it's obviously not people don't need to take that the wrong way like I'm not saying that he looks Like the best player ever going into the NBA draft because I can't evaluate something like that. I've not been able to see all the guys before my lifetime as they were coming in. But to be seven foot four without shoes, eight foot wingspan, his release point is quite literally at the rim or above the rim. The way he moves, the way he's able to handle it, the way he's able to shoot it, and at such a high volume, too. I mean, he literally. He's 7'4", seven, 7'5", seven, on the court and plays like a 6'6". Six, six yeah. Like, if he was – Zach, Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons were saying this. If Victor was 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, he would still be the number one pick.
1: Yeah, he's so silky, dude. Like, it's just – it's it's incredible. And to be that well, high, and, to be that big. For me, the craziest
2: thing, honestly, is just how much he separates from the rest of this class. And that's oh. – Scoot is incredible. He's the number one pick any other year since LeBron, honestly. Oh, yeah. He actually –
0: Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not since LeBron, but like, like Zion, class, I'm, I'm over exaggerating a little in the, bit. Like like last year's draft, Scoot Henderson would have went number one. Like this yeah, year. but absolutely. But then you
2: got like Derek Whitehead, the Thompson twins. This draft class is insane, and Victor still makes all of these guys look like scrubs.
0: Agreed. I mean, and, there's, and, no, there's no debate on who's number one. Like I've heard, no. it, yeah. Obviously, before those games, there were some people that would have told you maybe Scoot had a shot at being it. And Choms reported one time that there were some people out there that were saying that Amen Thompson had like an argument that some people believe he was number one. There is no, no. argument anymore
1: on who number No. I mean, the only person that might not pick him number one would be Rob Polinka, probably, but you know, well,
0: <laughs> lucky, lucky for him. He doesn't even have to worry about yeah, that. Yeah. pick.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so now that we just mentioned that, um, now we're gonna kind of go transition into who all should tank for a chance at Victor or even Scoot. I mean, you know, even if you don't get the number one pick, you're still looking at a guy that in most years is the number one pick at number two. So who should just go all in? So first off, we need to cover who literally can't, even if they want to. Those teams are the Clippers, the Thunder own the right. I don't think I think it's a swap this year. I don't think yeah, um, it's just swap rights this year. So Clippers, Lakers, the Pelicans have swap rights with the Lakers. Um, The Nuggets, I don't remember who owns the Nuggets pick. It's lottery protected, but also, like, the Nuggets aren't going to, man. They're going to try to win a championship. Yeah, yeah. So, the Mavs, theirs is one through ten protected. But, again, it's to the Knicks. But it's like, come on, the Mavs have Luka. They just retooled. They got all this. They're going for it all. Uh, The Timberwolves, the uh, Jazz have their pick this year. The Bucks. I think the Rockets have their pick this year. They they don't have it though. It's it's gone. The Celtics, it's 1 through 12 protected uh, to the Pacers, but this team just made the finals and got even better. So, you know, no intention there. The 76ers uh it's weird who ends up with their pick, but it's, they don't have it. Um and then the Cavs, there's is lottery protected to the Pacers or no, the Jazz. No, 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 because the Jazz don't have any lottery – I don't – I think this is a Pacers thing. I don't remember. Anyway, lottery protected, but they just added Donovan Mitchell, and they're going to try to convince him to stay there. And the Nets, the Rockets, I think they just own their pick this year. And then I've got three others that I think just shouldn't, and you tell me if you have any more or if you disagree with some of these. I also don't think that the Warriors should. Obviously, they've got their pick protected, but, like, come on, man, this team just won the championship. Yeah um the pelicans they really like what they think they've got plenty of young core to work with here they think they've got a championship central young core to work with at some point maybe not win it all this year yeah maybe just make some noise but they're trying to win and i mean for in their sake they might end up with a lot of your pick anyway like with the Lakers.
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's true
0: and the miami heat Uh, they have their pick unprotected but this team was one game or one shot away from being in the finals yeah. They're, they're on their last legs of trying to win a championship with Jimmy Butler, for instance. So I just don't think they should. So was there any that I didn't have on here that you guys think should not uh, go for Victor or was there any that you disagreed with? No, I agree well, I, with I the think, three
1: you mentioned.
2: Yeah. And the craziest thing is though, is that we even have to discuss some of these teams having the possibility <laughs> of tanking for someone like Victor. Yeah. It's like, Every team you just named outside of maybe the Lakers have a and the Heat have a legitimate shot at winning the finals. But there still is people in their front office who are considering tanking.
0: Yeah. You know. And, I mean, I've got some teams that I think might surprise some people on my, like, who should consider it here. Um, Me as well. But you are going to see some egregious tanking here this year, but it also probably won't be <laughs> – you won't see it to the extent that it could have been If this was a year where, you know, there's the easy four or five contenders and and everybody else is kind of out there, I think it could have been much worse. So it probably paired right that the best prospect, in my opinion, that we've ever seen is coming in a year where there's 10 teams that think they can win a title. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And a lot of other teams with real deal playoff aspirations. So also, guys, whenever we're going through this list, this is not us predicting what's going to happen. It's our opinion, what we think these teams should consider. Um, yeah. so who should consider it here? Um, let's go like one team at a time. I'm gonna give you my first team and we won't give reasoning yet. I just want us to all go through with the team first. I'll tell you this team, just tell me if they're on your list as well. Okay, Phoenix Suns.
1: No, not on oh, my list. I didn't but, consider them, no, but I kind of like that.
0: Okay, so let me let me explain why. I do think this team is due for a step back. Okay, yeah. Not as deep. The Jay Crowder stuff's getting worked out. Maybe they get some stuff back from Jay Crowder, but I don't know. Don't think you can expect much there. Um, And I mean, just like look at the roster, man. Like you got obviously the starting five, or not the starting five. Cam Johnson is now going to slide into the starting role. That takes another bench guy off. Campaign has not been very good. Landry Shamit they probably hoped would be a little bit better. Um, Dario Sarge is back, sure, but you know, JaVale McGee was solid for them the regular season last year. He's not there anymore. I mean, Biombo's there, cool. You should expect a step back from Chris Paul, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, he's like, old.
0: And and just with everything that's going on as well, like them not seeming to fully recover from what happened, yeah. I think you can not expect a step back. And if that's the case, I just don't see why not if, like, they're in the play-in race come 50 games in. Yeah, my, I mean, my yeah. issue
2: with that team is you have Chris Paul Devin Booker and Aiton and like Chris Paul, it's his name itself. Booker and Aiton are getting paid way too much. I see, I see what you're saying. If they're in the play-in race, you might as well slide out. Yeah. But they, they shouldn't, they shouldn't push for from day one.
0: And that's no, I agree. And that's why I have them in just the who should consider it, because I don't think that's a decision that they make right now, or maybe even contemplate right now, but yeah. there's a real chance that just the play-in team or, you know, yeah, I don't see them just being out of the top 10. But, like, there's yeah. a real that they're a play-in team. And if that's the case, they're not making any noise in the playoffs. They're not going to do that anyway. I don't care if they're the one seed again. Yeah. like, Yeah, so, I've, I have a few teams like that on here. So, that's that's why I put them in here. Luke, who is a team on your who should consider it list?
1: So, I mean, this is obviously – like, this is a very obvious one. Um, I just I, – I'm partial to this team, but – Obviously the Pacers are in that race of are, – are we going – are we talking right now like teams that could be on the brink of it or are we talking like locks? So I would say I have the
0: Pacers in my who should be all in.
1: Okay, okay. So we're not in the all in part yet. No, okay. this
0: is like – this is – Emmett. you give a team that you think you should consider it.
2: The Bulls.
0: I have them in mind as well. So, in case – It's kind of
2: the same reasoning with the Suns, I guess.
0: But here's the thing for the Bulls. They only get their pick back from Orlando if it's one through four. Oh. So, my whole thing is if because the Bulls don't have Lonzo early in the year. If they just get to a really bad start, just fire sale. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I know that's a really big gamble because if you don't get in the top four – but what are you going to do if you get if you start out really slow? I mean, you don't have Vujovic extended right now. Yeah, you got DeMar for two more years, but what's that even worth it anymore? Like, honestly, and Zach Lowe's mentioned this before, he's not saying he would do it on the Bulls' side. If the Bulls start off really bad, and you really just don't care about, about what Zach Levine thinks about the organization because you haven't mm-hmm. locked up now, What's stopping you, if you like? I said, if you start out really bad, from shipping Vucevic and Demar to the Lakers for those two first-round picks? Nothing. I mean, I don't. I don't think it's that Kalinka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he only thinks they're worth one first. <laughs> <laughs> but like, seriously, like, like, what is what is stopping you for Chicago at least calling about it?
2: to uh, be genuinely?
0: genuinely I think. I mean, I, I just that's a tougher one because like I said, they only get the pick back if it's one through four. And that's mm-hmm. not great odds, like especially yeah. with how they've been flattened now. But I mean if you're se- mean, if you're if your season is going in literally zero direction, at least try. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I have a handful of teams like that though where they're kind
2: of like play-in bubble teams. And I feel like they probably should consider it.
0: So what was was that kind of the same logic for you with the Bulls?
2: Uh yeah. I mean, should I just list off the other teams that I have, like in the play on play in bubble type
0: area? Let's see if Luke's got one first.
1: Yeah, all I've right. got the Knicks. I would really like if the Knicks got into that mix.
0: I put them yeah, in, my, I'm in, I put that in my all in.
1: Did you really? <laughs> I put it, I didn't I didn't have them
2: in my all in. I didn't put them in the all-in either just because they just paid for Brunson.
0: I get it. And it's like,
2: why spend the money to just plummet? I get it. And then maybe get Scoot, and then I don't know if they play well together, that type of thing.
0: Yeah. I Another team that I put in or two teams was the Grizzlies and the Raptors.
2: I didn't have the Raptors because I feel like I'm high on the Raptors this year, but I, I did am, have the
1: Grizzlies. I had the Grizzlies as well.
0: I'm t- I'm high on the Raptors as well in it. Um, my thing was I'm trying to look at this from all angles, and the the timeline to win here, because Scotty Barnes is the building block. I mean, even though Pascal Siakam is the best player on that team right now, Scotty Barnes is the building block, mm. probably a longtime all-star, potential all-NBA player. The goal is going to be to build around him. And when you're looking at the other guys that are win-now players for the Raptors besides, like, Ogion and Obi, like, when you're looking at the guys like Pascal, Fred Van Vliet, those two in particular, they're not, like, young at all. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that means trade them, but maybe they kind of do what they did a few years ago to end up with the fourth pick to get Scotty Barnes.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of those guys – from pick three to like eight would fit on this team very nicely there's a lot of like lengthy wings that can stretch the ball with uh,
0: i guess like scotty it's the same thing for the grizzlies because i think there's potential to get off to a really slow start without jaron jackson yeah and since they lost some depth pieces i'm not saying that these teams should should even consider victor right now i'm just Mm. saying things go south early in the year oh absolutely or, or if we hit like if we hit the all-star break and things just aren't really going well, that's what I'm saying here. I'm not saying, hey, the Grizzlies should really look at potential to look at Victor right mm-hmm. now before the start of the season. No, no. The Grizzlies yeah. have earned every right to look into this season and say, if we start out well and we get Jaron back, we're trying to win a championship. Like, yeah, do I have them as a contender? No, not really. I think they took a the slight step back. But they have every right to believe that they're a championship contender.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll i throw in the Blazers with that conversation too. Is I feel and like they're going to be pretty decent, but at the end of the day, they might. Yeah, like, it could go south. Fall back.
0: Blazers are in mind, and I think they should heavily consider it, only because it's lottery protected. And I mean, come on, man, what's this team really going to do unless things just really go their way, which they could, they could. But is this team even going to? Face a threat to win a playoff series? No.
1: I see. The thing is, the last episode, like, you know, we had to argue for the teams, and I had to argue for the Blazers. I believe part of what I said. But I also <laughs> think, like, at best this year, this team is fairly average. And, you know, if, if things don't – it's kind of the same situation. If things don't go well for them, I mean, dude, why not? Like, get a generational talent.
2: I can – I I picture them right there with the Lakers in terms of uh, standings, and I see them willingly giving up their spot in the playoffs for the Lakers to go into lottery contention.
0: So, I, yeah, I agree. I had the Wizards in here as well because their picks lottery protected. I did as well. And, yeah. I mean, this team's in purgatory, so just yeah. go for it, man. <laughs> quit quit doing all that. You, what are you trying to do with Bradley Beal and Kristaps
1: Porzingis? I mean, oh, Kyle Kuzma as well. <laughs> they're not winning they, might, it.
0: they might lose him like you know <laughs> like, like they might even end up shipping him off
1: yeah and they're they're not heading in a good direction they don't have I don't see the vision for that team I mean I don't understand what's what the thought process is and oh we got a group that they can go out there and play some quality basketball and win games I don't really see it but I mean if Bradley Beal takes over and is the freaking MVP of the league this year yeah they might they might win two games in a playoff series. Like I'm not. They're just not. I don't. I don't believe in that team. They're adding names with no backing at all. Yeah, it's just a bunch of big names. Yeah, I mean, I in, guess three. And Porzingis, like, we don't know who he is now. Like, what are you going to do? Like, What's he going to play?
0: Forty-four games. I mean, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I, and my thing is like, it's not just any regular year because most times I get it. Owners got to make money. So, even if you've got a team that can go win 38 games, you got to do it sometimes because you got to sell tickets, you got to sell merchandise. But the worth of what you could have if you end up with a Victor on your team makes it totally worth it to miss out on some money for a year.
1: Yeah. Because you get Victor. I mean, you've made that money up. I, I saw something that said like some execs thought that he could add like $500 million. So of, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: To so to, to the franchise. Reported that there are that there was an exec that told him that he thinks that Victor Wembanyama, the moment he's drafted to a team, already adds as much as
1: half a billion dollars to that. Yeah. Thing. So who cares about <laughs> in, your lack of ticket sales one season? <laughs> like,
2: what What is he going to get paid that year? Like twelve million dollars? What is the rookie contract now?
0: Yeah, I mean, something like that, probably fifteen million if he's number one. I don't know, maybe eighteen. Yeah, it's robbery. Kind of like Spikes. Yeah. yeah, that'll be the best contract in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> also, I mean, I mean, just I. Sorry to Wizards fans, cracking another joke here, but how many tickets you really sell in the Wizards games? I mean, <laughs> nobody's going anyways. Like, <laughs> like, are they really selling out the arena out there in DC?
1: But the last time they no probably shot. sold out the arena was with a like fully healthy John Wall. Like, are they
0: dude. are they really selling Kyle Kuzma shirts in the Wizards <laughs> shop? Dude, <that's, laughs> not at all. If, like that's, mm. I, no, no, hate, no hate to Wizards fans, sorry. But, but yeah, um, you know, a team that I probably would have bumped up to my who shouldn't category now because I'm starting to become more and more bullish on them is the Hawks. But I at first put them in my who should consider it only because their picks unprotected. And, I mean, yeah. they are so deep that maybe something goes south, injuries or whatever, just, I don't know, even just play, even the low part of the lottery. But I'm so bullish on this team now. I think they're due for – I think they're a top six seed.
1: Yeah, I think the ceiling yeah. is so high that it's, not, it, it's I don't know, it's not feasible to me. So I take them out of, of the ceiling.
0: But any more that you think probably isn't an obvious for, like, who should be all in that you would say should consider it?
2: I, I threw, ooh, not that would be obvious, like, shouldn't. I have some people who might should tank, or who should tank probably, but I have it as consider of okay. Magic and Pistons.
0: Okay, yeah. Because
2: I, I like them, I like their ability to kind of, like, just go all in with their young talent they have now. Yeah. It's kind of like a weird bubble thing, but I, I don't it. like I don't like seeing teams that fully loaded, that young, just throwing it on the garbage.
0: I get yeah. it. Um, the magic, I'll go ahead and say it. They're in my all-in category. And I if if it weren't for the injuries to like Gary Harris and Markel Fultz, I think I would have been like, this team needs to totally go for a play-in spot and try to get in the playoffs and let this young core get some playoff experience. And that would do wonders for this team going forward, but I just don't. Spoiler alert: Franz Wagner is my most improved player pick for the year. Even with like him, Paolo, and Wendell Carter Jr. being a really good front court, it's just hard to make up for the back court as well. Um, You know, they still lack a lot defensively on that team. I just also think. It's kind of like the Thunder, too, how, like, they're in mind, even though Chet's out for the year, and I think they would have had different expectations. Maybe they still do have different expectations. They've looked really good in the preseason. I know it's just preseason, but still. Yeah. It's like these teams are on the trajectory to start winning, even, like, the Pistons. But even though they're kind of ready to start doing some winning and playing more winning basketball, is it okay to just wait one more year because of who's on the
1: line this season? Yeah. Because it's you're gonna you can start winning, and you're gonna slowly progress with that, or you can just take one more year off, and then you get a guy who to me, Victor, uh, like whatever team he goes to, I don't I don't care what their deficiencies are. That to me in like a, a couple years turns into like a 2007 Cavs team where LeBron is literally carrying that team. I think I mean he, I think he can do that without a doubt. And so I think no matter what the deficiencies of the team that takes him are, like they're in they will be in contention very soon as long as he's Luke
2: celebrated. said it Luke said it first, the Utah Jazz are gonna be contenders within one year.
0: <laughs> I swear, dude.
1: I'm not even I'm not even playing. Okay, so I've got a few
0: fun points, but real quick, I just wanted to knock out some others. I think some obvious ones are the Spurs, the Rockets, the Jazz. Um Hornets, the, the Pacers, and I put the Hornets too.
1: Yeah, I, I think. Are, we, are colored... we in
0: agreement that the Hornets are terrible?
1: Yeah, they're awful, and they're. I mean, <laughs> they, they and just need miles. The last year has been really rough. The last six months have been really. Rough. It's just it's rocky over there.
0: Yeah, um, and I guess even like even if they keep winning, so what? Like then, like you keep getting this nine seed stuff and getting bounced out of the play in and get the thirteenth pick. Lamelo balls out of here in two three years. Yeah. Yeah, like so. Why not just take some wild gamble on trying to get this? Could you imagine Lamelo Ball and Victor playing together? Oh my god, dude!
2: Yeah. Imagine Lamelo and Scoot too. Either one of them. Oh they yeah, no, I
0: agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the pick and rolls would be absurd. two-man game would be nasty. So, I also on my list I had the Thunder only because Chet got hurt and is out here, yeah. and now you got SGA who's out for a while. Uh. I, I think you'll kind of see what you saw last year out of the Thunder. Looks good at the start of the season. When they all play, they look really good. And then they get to a certain point where they're like, we may not even make the play in. Just go for the high pick. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I also had – I put the Kings in here. I don't think they're going anywhere. And I'm just like, this franchise this, – like, people are contemplating – there's people who think that the Kings are on the brink of, like, like, there's people that, have, like, sell the team. So, I'm just like, why not – like, why not just, like, go for it? I mean, they're not going to do anything this year, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, mean, I, made, a, I made a terrible trade last year, trading uh, Halliburton for Sabonis. And, like like I mentioned before, Sabonis is a really good player, but that was just not a good trade. Um, And, I mean, Fox, he's only so good. I mean, I we think we've kind of mm. kept out the potential with this dude, and he's very limited. Yeah. On, like, he's he's not been very good on the defensive side of things, and yeah. he's clearly very limited as, as a shooter.
1: Yeah, I had the Kings on my like team that is kind of on the brink if they should fall in or not. But now kind of kind of thinking about it, all those teams that are on the brink like it's kind of like you're saying like they're not doing anything this year like even at their best like they're not they're not like, you know, like they they won't be for years. So yeah.
0: why typically, not? Yeah, typically the logic with those teams, typically people from the outside of the NBA always think like that, but like I said Owners have to make money and so they don't always think like that. But when you've got a chance at a prospect like this, I think this is how you talk, this is how you convince the owners to buy in as well. Cause I think yeah. most GMs would love to tank if they know that the team's not going to be good, but you got to get the owner to agree. Yeah. And I think it's gonna be easy to make any owner in the league agree with a guy like Victor. Yeah, because
1: there's a lot of ego involved in that too. And it, it's gonna take it takes a special player to convince those guys to to do that, but and, and Victor is certainly that guy.
0: So two last questions that I want to pose to you guys just about the Victor stuff, and just real quick. One is, and I don't want us to go into detail, I just want us – the teams that we've kind of stated are obvious to tank for, like, Victor or Scoot. We're just going to talk about Victor here. Which team would you want to see Victor on of the teams that we think are the obvious tankers here
1: for him? Well, you Thunder. said who? Thunder. Easy. Okay. I, I get that for sure. I get that. I Kyle, you said that you had the Knicks and you're going all in category. Well, but I think
0: they could be very much debated. Like I'm talking about the ones that we would say, like anyone in the NBA would or or any NBA fan would tell you that's a tanking team this year.
1: Like okay. then I'd I'd agree with you on the Thunder and
0: Thank you. So the Thunder are mine as well. I love the Thunder, but but my second one, just to keep keep a little different here, would be the Houston Rockets.
2: Okay. My second one would be the Hornets. Okay. But I think I think the Rockets and the Hornets have like the same idea where they have a super super good guards. And then the way it would combat with Victor would be super interesting and fun to watch.
0: It would it would be fun to see uh Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, Tari Eason, Victor Women Oh yeah.
1: Jeez. I uh I really I like the Pacers a lot. Like, I, I don't mean I like the team that they have constructed. Like I would love to see him on the Pacers. I love that team. I love Indianapolis, Uh big city, small town feel, you know, uh, I like it a lot. So that'd probably be my number two team, but ideally I would love to see that man on the New York Knicks. <laughs>
2: that would, that would tear New York to the ground.
0: Oh yeah. Hey, can you imagine, um, Side note, since Luke said Pacers, Victor with Tyrese Halbern. Oh,
2: yeah, we were talking about the pick and rolls, but Tyrese
0: would be different. Tyrese is like the ideal PNR yeah. ball handler. And oh, yeah, that would be amazing. I'm a big Tyrese Halbern fan. Yeah. Um, but that's enough for the Victor scoot stuff. We'll keep up with them throughout the year. I don't know how we couldn't. They're going to be awesome, but mm. they're not in the NBA yet. Now, you know, Zach Lowe, I think, I think he's the one that said it. Victor's going to be the biggest story in the NBA while not being in the NBA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like this entire year. Um, but moving along, don't want to spend too much time on this because a lot of it's been resolved. The, the Draymond Green and Jordan Poole stuff. Obviously, you've seen the video. Everyone knows. But today they came out with the report that Draymond's being fined but not suspended. Apparently, Jordan Poole, according to Mark Spears of ESPN, um, he Poole did not think that it was right, essentially, for the Warriors to spin him. He didn't think that that needed to be done, basically, is what he said. Um, first off, what do you think about the video getting leaked? I don't like oh, that. It, I hate that. It was enough.
2: planned. It was planned. The Warriors definitely did it, so they didn't have to pay Draymond Green next year. <laughs> but – No, that's a joke. But yeah, I I mean, he hit him. He shouldn't have hit him. But at the end of the day, it's just like they're playing competitive sport all the time. Things are going to get heated. Are they zombies?
1: Yes, I agree. I agree. But also, your teammate that you just won a championship with that had a great playoff run, let's not be punching him in the face in practice. I I love Draymond.
2: he is like the aggressive leader. He's gonna go out there and only make people like
1: scared and just do his thing. If he wants to run through somebody on a screen, that's one thing, dude. Like, I, like you know that that's completely different. Be aggressive, but like I'm, I, I'm not, not saying he's in the right. I'm not saying he's in the right. I'm just trying to like, so question, say it's not here. as bad.
0: Question here: Do you think this affects Draymond this year? No,
1: no, no. Draymond has he's, no moral compass. <laughs>
0: He's
2: still going to put up his triple single and lead that team as a defensive leader. So here, it's all going to be good.
0: Here I think would be the argument there and I'm not saying I lean towards it. Draymond literally plays off of like emotion and yeah. like and like being able to be super vocal. Does he feel like he can continue to do that now considering what he wants extension wise?
2: He's going to hold he's going to hold back as the leader, but he is not it's not going to slow him down when it comes to taking out his correction on the other team. He's just not going to get mad at his own teammates anymore.
1: I mean, every time he's getting heated this year, I mean, his teammates are going to be giving him the side eye because they're they're going to catch a stray. Like, you know, I it. I I love Draymond, and and I do think he's a leader of that team. And you know, like he has had a huge impact on their championship victories. But th- there comes a point where when you play with too much emotion, it can affect you negatively. And I think we've seen some of that stuff in the past. Like you and know, kind of going back nice. to the,
0: you saw it this past playoffs. Yeah, yeah, For the most part.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you saw it in 2016 as well. Like, uh, just just letting your emotions control you.
2: Yeah, I'm still taking an enraged Draymond Green over a David Lee, though.
1: <laughs> hey, I like David Lee. That's a Florida guy. That's why I said it. <laughs> no, but
2: he he's definitely in the wrong. But when it really, I think it's going to pass over within like a few more days. Honestly, it's already started to pass over. Shows you how to just mature those dudes are.
0: No, yeah, yeah except,
1: for, except for Draymond.
0: But yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> obviously, this isn't a thing anymore because we found out that Pool seems to be good spirits, cool about it. Draymond's coming back. Let's say that just for the sake of having fun, hypothetical here that Jordan Poole was not okay with it, didn't want to play with Draymond anymore. Which one would you have chosen?
1: Go ahead, Emmett. I want to see what you have to say about this because I have some thoughts.
0: Honestly. I- You'd have to pick pool
2: because of what happened, not because of who you want. That's my easy way out of that because I honestly don't know who I'd pick. It's closer, but I, I think it's very close.
1: Luke? I'm picking pool for a different reason than what you said, Emmett. I pool's the guy I would choose anyway at this point. Um, because I you know, I I was watching a Steve Kerr press conference earlier today, and he was kind of talking about Looney kind of being that guy who is the moral compass of that team. And and I think Draymond playing with that core for so long. I mean, these other guys, like like Steph, Steph is an emotional leader at times too, but you don't see Steph out here, you know, getting into fights. You don't you don't see Steph out, you see Steph leading in an appropriate way. Um I think that team is so solid at its core. And I know Draymond is a huge piece of that core, but you know, at this point I I've just seen so many things from Draymond over his, you know, his time there where I'm like, this guy can be a liability at times. And, and I don't mean from a basketball standpoint, um, I really like Jordan pool. I think he's going to really improve this year and have a, have a really good, uh, a really good uh, regular season along with a good postseason run. I have him as my uh, number two pick for six man of the year. Um, I'm taking pool and it's really nothing against Draymond because I do really like Draymond a lot. But at this point, you know, this is a situation I I don't, this doesn't need to be happening. Like you just, you just want a championship. I I don't, this doesn't need to be in the news. It doesn't need to be in the media and kind of going back. I don't, I don't like that the video is leaked. But with all that being said, I'd have to take pool at this point in time.
0: So I say pool. For similar reasons to Luke, Um, what I think it comes down to is for me, where I probably differ a little bit from you is I do agree with some of your points, but I think for me, it's like they got four guys that are extension eligible. Andrew Wiggins at the top that should be done already. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going on there. Maybe maybe both sides are still very very confident that they're going to be able to work one out. Um, I think that that needs to be done ASAP. Um, And then I think pool's probably priority number two. And I just think I've probably been a little harsh on him in the past for his playoffs. Whenever it's like, Mm -hmm. bro, this is his first playoffs. Like he's still super young. He had a great regular season. He showed some great flashes in the playoffs, especially in the first round. Um, And then he's looking good in the preseason and it's probably going to have another strong regular season. So I think I've been a little too hard on him and like, he's a very good player that maybe with more time in the playoffs could get even better. So stuff like that, I think clay's probably number. And then I really don't care if you have clay or Dre at third on that extension on who you would extend next. Yeah. But I just feel like assuming you retain Wiggins, you just got Looney locked up. I love what I've seen out of, James Wiseman in the preseason so far. And, I mean, they're very high on Jonathan Kuminga. I mean, at a certain point, there's going to be another decline of Draymond. Like, there's not as much of a need. And I know he's a great player for them. He's been a great player for them. There's a reason he's a four-time champ. But it's like you got to keep extending the window with Steph. Yeah. Yeah. Do whatever move it takes to get there.
2: I mean, you can't keep paying Draymond the prices he wants when he's gonna be James Jones in the next like three and a half years. Yeah. That's I mean not shooting, obviously, point. but
0: yeah, that's a perfect point, Emmett, because if Draymond was willing to just say, Hey, I understand I can't work out an extension right now because my number is so high at the moment, but as soon as my contract is up, I'm here for I'm here for another three to four years and I'll totally scale back my contract. Yeah, like yeah. the fact that he wants a max.
1: Yeah, it's if ridiculous. It, because if James Dr-
2: Harden can take a paycheck. Sorry, like, if James Harden can take a paycheck. Then Draymond can. Pay
1: hey, cut is what hey, cut. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure that James Harden would definitely take a paycheck, though. Yeah, my fault. I mean, it just rolled
0: off the tongue. James well, Harden paychecks, but for all we know, the Sixers are paying him under the table for what he yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. why that investigation still going <laughs> on. <laughs> um.
1: I just think that, you know, and, and Dray- Draymond has been a great leader for that team, but at this point, Draymond is very replaceable from a basketball standpoint, especially, like, just going off talent level and ability. Uh, great defender. But, you know, like you said, they, they've got some younger guys who are kind of on the come up. And this team, to me, doesn't fall apart without Draymond Green. I mean, they have enough veteran leadership on that team to where they're they're tight. Like, they're, they're going to be okay. So, you know, it's kind of another – that's just going back I to – I think thing. a
0: pro Draymond guy would look at you and be like, oh, look at how they were whenever he was out during the regular season last year. Like, they really struggled. And I'm like, yeah, well, look at how he literally got played off the floor in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I think they've got enough depth to survive in the regular
1: season. Yeah, absolutely. And especially this gonna, year.
0: They're not going to make this decision this year. He's going no. to be on the team all year long. It's next year where there might be a complication.
1: Yeah. And and he's going to – he needs to – not have any mishaps for the rest of the season. I mean, just honestly, he does, there doesn't need to be another situation sim- at all similar to this, you oh. know, so.
0: Well, I mean, I think that's enough of that. It kind of helps that we found out today what the punishment was or what was going to happen. So hopefully things are all good for that team. He's supposed to play on opening night for the ring ceremony and stuff. They play the Lakers. But anyway. Right before we get into our preseason panel predictions, just wanted to talk about Jay Crowder a little bit. Like I said, Shams has said that the Hawks have emerged as a real suitor for him. There's other suitors probably, but considering that he brought out the name Hawks, first off, I just want to ask, how do you feel about Jay Crowder to the Hawks potentially?
1: I feel amazing about it because I already am really high on the Hawks, and I think that they're going to be an unbelievable team this year. And I would love to see Jay Crowder fit into that mix.
2: Yeah, Jay, Jay Crowder has always been that guy that doesn't go in there and do anything crazy, but he goes in there and does everything well. And that's exactly what the Hawks need.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think he he's had a clear impact on some winning teams in the past few years. I mean, let's look at it. You know, the, when he went to the Miami Heat, well, the Grizzlies he helped them win games, um, and then the Miami Heat they went to the they went to the finals. And then the Phoenix Suns went to the finals and just had the league's best record. I mean, obviously he's impacted in a good way on these teams that he's played for. He even was on. He was a he was a real key piece to some of those Celtics teams that were doing well yeah. in the playoffs back in like 16, 17, That time. yeah, yeah. Uh, but and and the Utah teams that he played for. I mean, he just he just he helps winning. He yeah,
1: has, he and- he never hinders your team. Well, he can. I think he shoots a little too much sometimes, but sometimes he, yes. But if he's if he's playing <laughs> smart basketball, I'm, like, okay. You know what I mean? I'm,
0: I'm kind. I'm halfway joking, halfway yeah. being serious. But yes, yeah, you're exactly right. Like he doesn't, not like a jet. He's not a detriment or anything. He definitely. Yes. Is. Um, I had to throw it in there whenever you said. It. <laughs> I I truly think that there's times where Jake Crowder, like thinks he's the best shooter in the world. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Like, <laughs>
0: like <laughs> he he can be the most confident person in the world taking shots sometimes. Yeah. That's what you want, though. I mean, I get, yeah, I get it, but I guess like, especially just as, not, not the volume. Yeah, the yeah. past the past two years with the Suns, there's times where I'm like, "Hey Jay, you really don't have to shoot it three possessions in a row here." Like he's and, pulling it, dude. <laughs> he's yeah. pulling it. Um, like I think it helped the team like Miami because they kind of lacked spacing whenever he played for them. Yeah, but the Suns had plenty of spacing, so they didn't really need him just jacking
1: a yeah. It It was more noticeable on the Suns. I feel like. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, so I think it would be great, assuming that you don't have to trade any of like, obviously, it's not going to trade like a DeJounte Murray, but it's yeah. trade like Clint Capella, or DeAndre Hunter, or like the rookie AJ Griffin, that I'm very high on if you add Jake Ryder to that I think that's potentially a top 10 defense. Yeah. And I just think that Jay is like, an ideal three or four that you want with a Trey Young led team.
1: I can get behind that for sure. I mean, I like I said, I'm all for it. So just to kind of
0: tease a little bit here, cause Jay's, I think he's from is he from Atlanta or
1: I think he is. I have just seen off like some social media presence and stuff with some artists out of Atlanta that I've seen yeah. him being real close with that I believe he is from
0: I there. Think, I'm about to look this up real quick, but I think he's from Atlanta. And if he is, that kind of adds an element of like him probably wanting to be there. But I have I have made three potential trade packages. Villa Rica. I'm assuming that's yeah, outside of Atlanta. I'm sure that's like right there. Um Yeah, it's West. Oh, it says well west of Atlanta. Okay, whatever. Anyway, not far. Yeah. Um so I've made up three potential trade packages for the Hawks to get Jay Crowder. Are you ready for them? I am ready. I am going least intriguing to most intriguing in terms of both sides. First one is Jay Crowder and campaign would be sent to the Hawks while expiring contract Bogdan Bogdanovich and a second round pick would go to the Phoenix Suns. Oh, I'm
2: sending Trey young for campaign. If we're being honest, go ahead and do that one. I, I'm a big fan. I actually do like that one. I'm going to be honest.
1: Yeah, I like that. I, I, I like
0: that. Okay. And we obviously won't go into super big detail because none of this probably happen. I don't know, but. Anyway, next one. Jake Crowder and a first round pick from Phoenix. My air protection might not to Atlanta. DeAndre Hunter to the Phoenix Suns.
2: No. I, I, the I, first the, the first rounder might be a little bit enticing, but no.
1: I don't mind it. I, I I'd say yeah. I don't think it's
0: crazy, but I think I'm leaning more towards Emmett. I think the thing about it is that they've not come up with an extension or anything for DeAndre Hunter. Sure. And you really mm-hmm. don't know what you're going to get. They've got a few assets left in terms of first-round picks. And maybe if they don't think John Collins is really the long-term option to have alongside Trey and DeJounte, you could still try to accumulate J.C. and some first-round picks and flip it into something at one point.
2: Yeah.
0: But yeah, I'm so. I do. I I'm more towards your side, it. I don't think I'm doing that right now if I'm the Hawks. And yeah, it's I'm just bad. difficult. My last one is one of those crazy ones that you always find a way to come up with that just fun. Um, Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, Ooh. Landry Schammett, and a first-round pick to the Hawks for John Collins and Justin Holiday. No.
1: Dude, I'm I'm really high on John. I think John Collins kind of bounces back this year after a little bit of a down year last year. I, I like Luke. John Collins going into the future. I I've been I've liked him for the past few seasons. I I think uh I'd have to say no. I feel like
2: he has a big possibility at a jump.
1: Yeah. I'm right there with you. But that's a very interesting trade though. That would be a very intriguing. Like that's that's I just I couldn't I, I couldn't think,
0: pull the trigger. I don't think either side probably does that. I think they both like I don't think the Suns would want to give up Cam Johnson likening in that kind of deal. Yeah. I don't think that the Hawks would want to give up. John Collins and that kind of deal, and Shams said that if they were pursuing Jake Crowder, they want to put him alongside their their big three. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but it's just for fun. But could you imagine like Trey Young and Dejounte with like Clint holding it down with like any combination of DeAndre Hunter, Jake Crowder, and Cam Johnson out there?
1: Oh, that it probably bumps the Hawks higher in the East for me. It probably bumps them up a little bit higher than where I have them prior to that. I love that. I think
0: it would be a great regular season move to be determined if that would have been a good playoff move. I think John yeah. Collins, ultimately, this season specifically, especially considering his value, mm. is going to be what's going to be the best option for them to make yeah. a top run. But just wanted to have some fun there. If that report came out, I'd say the Hawks are probably the favorite to get Jay Crowder at this point. Um, and I'd say you're looking at something around either I'd, – I'd say you're probably looking at something around Bogdan Boganovich if you ask me if that's going to happen. Yeah, it's, um, it sounds the most
1: plausible. That's what I was going to say. As far as being the most realistic, I would say that would have to be around him.
0: Yeah. Uh, maybe something happens with DeAndre Hunter if they really don't think they're going to extend him. Maybe if they really love A.J. Griffin. But, I yeah, I'm leaning towards Boganovich. But, yeah, it's kind of it for that. Now, just transitioning uh, into our preseason panel predictions. Guys, obviously, when I mention these three, I'm going to give you who I thought, who I think's going to win it. They'll give you who they think is going to win it. But these three, we may not agree with them, because. but there are panels' predictions. And, yeah, so executive of the year, my personal pick, was Kobe Altman. What about you guys?
2: I had Kobe Altman as well. Mine was Tim Connolly. That, that was my guy at the top.
0: Okay. So our top three from our panel's predictions was Kobe Altman, Tim Connolly, and Troy Weaver. So if you don't know where they're from, Kobe Altman is of the Cavs, Tim Connolly's of the T Wolves, Troy Weaver's of the Pistons. I think all three of those are very plausible. Um, all three of them a legit shot. I think the Altman one. And Well, Altman and Connelly, I, I do think it is probably a two-man race there just because yeah. they both made a big time move. I think that Landry Fields maybe should have been a little bit higher in here just because mm-hmm. I think that executive of the year is going to come down to which one of the – because Landry Fields is with the Hawks. We didn't know. Which one of Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, or DeJounte Murray makes the biggest impact on their team?
1: Absolutely. And And I – Landry Fields didn't crack my top five, but, like, he could have. You know, from the three to the three to five range, like I could have easily put him in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think you're right, it, it, it kind of depends on which of those three guys has the biggest impact.
2: I, I do need to shout out Mike Gansy since about half the panel, <laughs> he was the executive for the Cavs.
1: <laughs> That's so all I could think about when, we, when Kyle was announcing the, <laughs> that it was. COVID-19. I forgot out Mike, I forgot his name. <laughs> Shout out, Mike. <laughs> hey, at least it's a real person.
0: Yeah. yeah. Real. <laughs> nobody, for real. Nobody
1: listening can have a clue what we're even yeah. talking
0: about. <laughs> oh, well. Um, Next coach of the year, Uh, my pick was Chris Finch, T-Wolves.
1: I had uh, J.B. Bickerstaff. Chris Finch for me.
0: Our panel's top three was Chris Finch, Ty Lue, J.B. Bickerstaff. Very safe picks. Yeah, solid top three back to back times. Yeah. Um, okay, if I pose you this question, would you pick either Finch, Lou, or Bickerstaff or the field to win coach of the year?
1: Them three. Yeah, I would I would pick those three. I think I would too. Because Lou Bickerstaff was my number one. Lou is my number three.
0: Okay. Um, six man of the year. I think this one's a little bit weird because I actually think all three that our panel picked have, like, real potential to maybe start <laughs> on their respected teams. <laughs> um, my pick, though, was Malcolm Brogdon.
1: Uh, I had Malcolm Brogdon as well. I had Brogdon as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think if he does come off the bench, him or Christian Wood, yeah, if they both come off the bench, it's going to be one of those two. Like, I really don't mm-hmm. – there's a next guy. Yeah, yeah. If those two really are on the bench all year long, um,
1: I just want to say, uh, at number five for the sixth man of the year, you know, a little potential here. I threw in, I threw in uh, Russell Westbrook. I just kind of <laughs> oh, wanted to feel like.
0: <laughs> if Russell but, Westbrook is sixth man, I, I don't. Got, yeah, the last three games, I think he'll be out of there. Yeah, he'll
1: he he'd be upset, but you know, I just thought you know I'll throw him in there as. Kind of a joke, but also uh, that's where he belongs coming (laughs) off the booth.
0: But our panel's top three was Malcolm Brogdon, Jordan Poole, and Christian Wood. So, do you think Jordan Poole has real potential to be a starter this year?
2: I think he does. I think there's a lot of people. I mean, I feel like a lot of these six-man-of-the-year candidates have a possibility at starting. Besides Brogdon, I feel like Brogdon solidified himself off the bench.
0: I, I think I think they're pretty dead set on Brogdon off the bench. I think he's going to play a good amount of minutes, and I think they might plan on even closing with him in most scenarios. Mm-hmm. I do, I'm do. i with you. I think they're very set on him coming off the bench this year.
2: But Christian Wood's weird, too, because Christian Wood, they're saying he's going to come off the bench, but I don't see why he wouldn't Dude, start.
0: I think I really that kind of threw me off. I expected him to start. I, I guess I wasn't taking it seriously enough, that they literally told JaVale McGee that they want him to come and start. Mm, Because it's JaVale. I think he's probably going to play like 18 to 20 minutes, and then Wood's going to be the one that plays like 30 minutes, 30-plus. Yeah. But I still find it super hard to think that, like, after seeing Christian Wood play with Luca for the first 10 games even, that it's not something that you're like, man, he needs to start the game with him.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. and. Another guy I had in my, like, I had him at third was Bones Highland. I feel like Bones Highland could have a sneaky good year this year.
0: I like Bones. I do think, I just, I guess one thing there for me would be, I don't know what the extent is going to be to take caution with Jamal Murray. I mean, I know they weren't even planning on him playing, like, starter minutes whenever the season started, and now he just kind of, like, messed with his knee again. And so, yeah, I don't know. I I just feel like that might be a scenario where he ends up starting some games. Yeah, definitely could happen. But, like, how many games did Hero start last year? Didn't he start a decent amount? Had to have been at least 25. I guess that's not crazy considering injuries. But, yeah, Um, I do think that those three are all very good picks. Um, Next up, we have most improved player. My pick, I've already spoiled it, is Franz Wagner. Listen, even if he's not the most improved player because it is a second year thing that's hard for a second year player to win, this dude is legit. Okay. And I think he, like, he has the potential. I'm not saying he will be, he has the potential to be the best player in that draft class.
2: Yeah. I don't think that's crazy at all. Not crazy. I'm yeah,
0: I mean, bank on it because you got, you got one of the three of like Kade, Scotty, or Mobley is probably going to be a legit superstar. Mm hmm. But, like, Fogner's awesome, man. And shout out Giddy, too. Like, Giddy was – Giddy got robbed not making first-team all-rookies. I mean, I love Jalen Green, but that was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, My pick was Tyrese Halliburton for that. Tyrese was our panel's number one.
1: And my pick was Anthony Simons.
0: I like it. I just think that a lot of those voters are going to be like, yeah, he was really hooping like last year and he started, so I don't yeah. think like view it like that. You know what I'm saying?
1: I I get that. And and I I took that into account. I I think he makes a bigger jump than probably a lot of people think. So, I feel like that's kind of one that's more like personal to me, like I get it. He's going to be make a bigger jump than what would even be expected.
0: I mess with it. Our next the next two for our panel's predictions was Anthony Edwards, which uh you know, you guys know what Emmett thinks of that. Yeah, <laughs> I,
2: I do need to clear the air for that. Is I did not put him as my favorite for most improved because I already think he's the best shooting guard in the league.
0: <laughs> you heard it from <laughs> me. Um, and our third was for the panel was Tyrese Maxey, which I think is more than reasonable. The dude, you want to hear a fun stat here? Obviously, it's just preseason. Uh, He's shooting, like, 70% from three, first off. But but get this. Again, only preseason. But per 36 minutes, he's averaging 40 points a game.
1: Dude. When James Harden gets in there. Oh, dude. I think Tyrese Maxey is going to be an absolute super. I love Tyrese Maxey, dude.
2: The Sixers are going to be scary this year. It has to happen eventually. Joel can't keep talking about the process. It has to happen eventually. So
0: hear me out. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I think that there's a scenario where Maxi is the second best player on this team and that's a, and that it's okay that he's the second best player on the team.
1: And I think that Agreed. scenario is going to happen.
0: I don't go that far because I do think Harden is due to play a little bit better than last year and kind of get back, not back to his old self, but like better. Yeah, he and, needs to. And he I think Maxi's to. still going to be like third in terms of like usage and stuff. I get that. Yeah. So I wouldn't bank on it, but I do think there's potential for it, and I don't think it's a bad thing if it happens. Um, rookie of the year, fun one. Uh, my pick was Paolo. I think I'm being safe here. I don't necessarily think is going to be the best player from the class, although he very well could be. He definitely has the potential. That's not like a knock on him for me to say that I don't necessarily think he can be. Or that he will be. Not that he can be. He definitely can uh-huh. be. Um, but he's my pick because I think it's safe just for the simple fact that the front court dynamic of him Franz, and Wendell should be so much fun and should work really well. And I just think he's in position where the ball's gonna be putting his hands a lot. He should be able to score a lot of points for Orlando this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I I I like that. He was my number two. I had I had Keegan Murray at number one. Um, but I I mean there there's like three guys that I could realistically see winning it, and Paolo's definitely one of those guys. And uh, But I did have Keegan Murray at number one. Yeah,
2: you say you could see three people realistically winning it. For me, there's like eight. But my number one was uh, Benedict Mathram. Watched him over here when he was playing in Arizona. He's just a uh, stud, just straight up. I've never seen anyone like that live. It was just so fluid, so smooth. He looked the calmest basketball player I've ever seen. Just did things the right way.
0: Yeah. So we, uh, so I actually, for some reason, thought Matherin was in the top three, but it was Paolo, Jaden, Ivy, and Keegan Murray. I do like Jaden Ivy a lot. I think he has a lot of potential. um I did. I like the Keegan Murray pick, Luke, just because from day one of summer league and even in the preseason, he's been by far the most efficient, yeah. polished rookie in this class. Um, we'll see how it goes as we get to the regular season, and we start to see a lot more of the two-man game from Fox. And Saban absolutely, and how much is actually asked of Keegan Murray? I also could be wrong here. I don't think Keegan Murray started yet in the preseason. Maybe
1: that. Uh, yeah, I I think I think there's a lot of like Kings fans that are hoping that he gets that start. But yeah, I don't I don't believe that he has yet.
0: Maybe that changes, but I'm sure it will. I think it's just yeah. kind of like a hey earn it but like yeah. oh he was the fourth pick like in your session <laughs> no. like yeah start him but yeah, I, get I, it. I get it I get it to an extent I get
1: it yeah, yeah. I, I get it as well but like I'm also kind of with you like he is the fourth pick in the draft I mean like you don't take a guy that high and then I don't know
0: if if you're a team that just missed the playoffs and you have a top five pick my opinion that guy should be a pretty lock pretty sure yeah yeah
1: use them yeah yeah yeah
0: that's not something where you even risk it, in my opinion. No. I don't know. I don't know. People think differently. Um, trying, I don't think I have any questions on that one.
2: Do you have anyone crazy for that pick? Because I had, like, Tari Eason and Jaden Hardy in my top five. Who's your sleeper
0: for Rookie of the Year?
2: Jaden Hardy or Tari Eason? Got to be. Hardy? I think
0: Hardy would be the bigger sleeper in that case. Yeah. I, I mean, know he was a second-round
2: pick. Yeah. I know you're on. I mean I, I felt like he should have been top 15 pick, but but I'd have to go back besides the point.
0: And I've kind of you know how it goes, it's been so long. i have to go back. I don't think that's crazy. Because I think he's they, just so good offensive. They were saying that the Mavs would have taken Hardy way earlier.
2: I think a lot of teams wanted to, but they just they couldn't chance it.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't think I have anybody. I'm not, I, he will not be in the rookie of the year race at all, but I think my guy to watch I'll hold off because he's in another conversation, but yeah, Tari Easton probably my sleeper pick 17th looks great right now. I averaging like 21 and 10 in the preseason shooting ball really well.
1: Um, I can't, I can't uh, necessarily say this is a sleeper. Like I, I don't envision him winning uh rookie of the year, but I am really high on Walker Kessler. Um. And, you know, he he's a guy – you know, I I won't say where I have him at, but, like, he he's a guy who I think has the potential to get himself into that conversation. I'm not guaranteeing that he will, but that would be kind of my sleeper if I had to choose one.
0: I think you could argue he's got potential to make an all-rookie team.
1: Yeah. He's going to yeah. be – whenever we – yeah, that I, yeah I, I didn't want to speak on it. I do have him on one of those teams. I do – like,
0: he's going to be starting probably for Utah all year. Yeah. I mean, should get some looks offensively and should be able to try to show he's a defensive anchor. Yeah. Um, but Yeah. Uh, defensive player of the year, my pick's Rudy Gobert. I just think it's one of those things where, like, he didn't win last year. I'm not saying he should have. But, like, people kind of underestimate the, like, that it factor that he has on the defensive end. And I think everyone's gonna be reminded of it in terms of what he's gonna to do to this Minnesota defense this year.
2: Yeah, ahead, I can I can see why you're high on him. I just have Bam out of bio as my one. nothing against Rudy, just Bam was my pick.
0: If the Heat had a four, I was really confident in, i I probably would have taken Bam. He was my pick last year. It's just the fact for me that I have so many questions at the four spot. And it's not that's really not even a BAM thing. It's just like yeah, that, it's just that defensive player of the year. The team stuff matters so much.
1: Uh, My guy uh, that I have for the defensive player of the year is going to remind everyone this season why he is probably the best player in the league, in my opinion, when fully healthy, and that is Kawhi Leonard. And I think that he is going to shut people down defensively this year while also dominating on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I, I think that this is Kawhi Leonard's year to come back and say, like, did you really – like, you forgot who I was, and I'm here to show you that I am so elite.
0: You guys know how I feel about Kawhi, favorite player. I just find it hard to imagine him playing more than 60, 65 games. I do think he's going to play a lot. Yeah. Like, and I think maybe when he plays, he is worthy even like an all-defense team. I think it'll be hard to argue if he plays, like, 60, 65 games and he's the DPOI. That's fair. Yeah, yeah that's – I had Ben
2: Simmons at my number two pick, which might be a bit of a stretch. But The last time he was healthy, people said he should have won it, so I don't think it's that crazy. But is he going to play enough games? And I don't know. I'm starting to back out of that pick now because of that reason.
0: I'm starting to lose a lot of optimism about the Nets. I'm not even going to lie
1: to you. Yeah, just from what I've seen so far, I'm not <laughs> – I maybe saw it comes back, but for right now, I'm I'm I'd say
0: I'm say my stock is down a little bit.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think
2: it's everyone has them down, but we'll see.
0: So our panel's prediction for defense player of the year was Bam at number one, Rudy at number two, and Mikael Bridges at number three. It's pretty um, solid once again. Do you, do you expect the Suns to still be up there in terms of the top defenses?
2: Mm, it's it's really hard to say. Mikel will. That's what I was
1: going to say. I don't necessarily expect the Suns to, but I did have Mikel Bridges in my top three for the defensive player of the year. So I, I do expect him to remain on that elite level, but I, I can't say that I expect the Suns to remain that high.
0: And lastly, the most prized regular season for every single season, the MVP. My pick for it to finally happen is Luka Doncic. But I have Luca.
1: Oh, yeah. I think we all three have Luca.
0: Luca was unanimously number one, which Emmett joked about whenever we were talking to each other off the pod, which probably means that it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I mean, I really do think it's the year, man. Like Dallas started to really figure things out defensively after they traded Porzingis last year, had a great record post Porzingis stuff. The Spencer Dinwiddie has turned out to play so well. I think they've got all kinds of weapons you got the starting lineup's going to be Luca, Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock, um, Dorian Finney-Smith, and JaVel McGee. And then you they might have one of the better bench units. They probably have the best bench duo in Spencer Dinwiddie and Christian Wood. And they've also got Kleba, and they really like what they've got out of Josh Green. So, and, I mean, am I forgetting anybody with Dallas that could be a real big-time player? No, or
1: anything? no. I, I love Dodo wow. so much, dude. I I want to see that team win a championship so badly.
0: I no, just I think I just think schematically the defense after Porzingis was gone and the weapons that they have on the offensive end now, I think the Luca is set up to do really, really, really well in terms of stats and to have the wins with it to be able to get the first MVP. Yeah. Obviously, this award is so hard to win, so it would not, like, shock me at all if he
1: doesn't win this award. Okay? Yeah, but he um, will get multiple in his career, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and my number two happened to be our panel's number two as well. That was Joel Embiid. Like Emmett said, I think this team could be scary. I think they're set up for great – even if they don't do super well in the postseason, I think they're set up for spectacular regular season success. And you're going to get the same Joel that you've gotten like last year, which was like the best version of Joel in the regular season. And that at that point, with voter fatigue, with Jokic as well, because it's a real thing. I mean, I wish it wasn't, but it is. That could totally get Embiid, his first MVP.
1: I think – I don't know what y'all's opinions on last year was. I would have chosen Embiid last year. Um, I, was, I was a Jokic one, but I did not
0: care if someone said Embiid.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was 1A, 1B. didn't really matter which direction for me.
0: Yeah.
2: But voter fatigue definitely is a real thing. Yeah. That's why I think it's between anyone but Nikola Jokic.
0: I genuinely think for Jokic to win it this year, it would have to take like – He has even better stats, even though his stats were crazy last year. And they win, like, 60 games. Yeah. I
2: I seriously think it's impossible for Jokic to win.
0: I I mean, I I don't think it's that crazy to say. I mean, mean, seriously, for the dude to win over the voters this year, they're going to have to win, like, 60 games, and he's going to have to average, like, 28, 30 points, 12, 14 rebounds, tennis like he'd have to probably get a triple double because he averaged eight assists last year and yeah. actually like 63 percent from the field again like i that's just a lot
1: <laughs> yeah that, that's a that's lofty expectations and i'm not saying that he can't
0: i mean yeah funny funny point here just just because and part of it's uh i hate to be mean to deandre jordan but um people always joke about like the on-off numbers with Jokic, and people were joking around on twitter saying that like Jokic is going to have the best on-off numbers of his career because DeAndre Jordan's going to be the one. <laughs> <laughs> De-
2: DeAndre Jordan has a better chance of winning MVP this year than Nikola
1: Jokic, so yeah. don't ask me like, at that, but it is 100% like, true. like Tyler Hero has got a better chance of winning Defensive Player of the Year. Jokic is not going to win,
2: though. It, it bothers me. LeBron should have, like, nine MVPs right now. See, I
0: disagree. Like, I disagree with like the fact that LeBron should have all these MVPs, but it's like the MVP is not the, end the all at all. It also does not show yeah. who's like better or. I be mean, better. it's it's
2: really the nine MVP things is more just my rant at Botevrtik. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah Jokic one hundred percent should be in the consideration for MVP, but he just has no shot winning it.
0: Yeah, but then our our panel's third person was Giannis Antetokounmpo. Dark horse for MVP, go. Brandon Zion. Ingram, Pelicans. Two Pelicans. Pelican flock. <laughs> Mine's Trey. Okay. Trey Young, baby. We're all in on the Hawks this year.
1: I like that. I think, even though I had, I think him at Trey nine. and Zion. <laughs>
2: yeah, Trey and uh, Zion are my favorite sleeper picks. Brandon Ingram's questionable.
1: Well, I, he you know, I've been, I've been Zion. going hard on Brandon Ingram and. I I had him at number five in my MVP rankings. Um, so like I I genuinely I do feel like that he has an outstanding year. Um, and but you know I like it, it's a sleeper for a reason. You know I I don't anticipate him winning it. I don't anticipate him being in the top three. But I am very high on Brandon Ingram, as y'all know. So. He I guess
2: famous. I should say this too: is I didn't say Anthony Edwards is a sleeper because oh, I think he's a right. legitimate option. Yeah, because he's the
1: favorite, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, if Anthony Edwards is as good as you make him out to be, that team probably wins. I don't know, seventy-five games this year.
0: For the, for the sake of the pod, I hope that Anthony Edwards either has like this insane third-year slump, or like, or that he literally is averaging like thirty-two points a game.
1: I, just I because it's be just Because it's Emmett, I kind of hope he averages like 12 points a game on about 26% shooting. But I don't I I don't actually hope that I really hope he is successful, but I would love to see that blow up in Emmett's face. Yeah.
0: So anyway, that's the MVP stuff. Now just kind of going into all rookie, all defense, all NBA. We don't this was too hard to be able to make like a consensus team. So we're just saying who were unanimous picks. For all three of these, all rookie, the unanimous selections were Paolo Banquero, Jaden ivy and Benedict Matherin. This kind of surprised me whenever we were going through it because Keegan Murray was top three in our panel for rookie of the year, but he was not a unanimous all rookie uh, player. Two guys that I think are 100% gonna make an all rookie team, barring injury, that I thought should have been on here are Jalen Williams, J-Dub of the Thunder, and Tari Eason of the Rockets. Who is somebody that you all – one or two people that you guys are feel strongly about making an all-rookie team that was not on our unanimous?
1: Ochai oh, Um, But I also had uh, Jalen Williams and Tari Eason as well. Uh, I had them on my second team along with Ochai. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, whenever were... I, for our audience, whenever I say this, I just mean to make an all-rookie team. Yeah. Or like to make an all-NBA team or to make an all-defense team. It's not unanimous like first.
1: And and you know throwing out a fourth I, like going back to what I said earlier, I had Walker Kessler making an all rookie team. I'm just I'm high on him.
0: You got two two Utah Jazz members.
1: I know, I know.
0: I think Danny Angel would be happy about that. Yeah,
1: he, he yeah he should be.
2: I mean, I'm just right there with Keegan Murray. Like I just feel like Keegan Murray should have been unanimous. Honestly, I think it's fair. I mean, that's my like kind of person that we left off.
0: Um, this is where I also wanna this I was talking about it earlier in the rookie of the year. I have him making an all rookie team. It's my my rookie to really watch that I is not gonna be in rookie of the year contention or anything, but I'm very intrigued with him as Blake Wesley of the San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. I like uh if rookie, is there a rookie that just intrigues you that you don't think could be anything maybe super special in year one, but will show some flashes or something that you'll really enjoy.
2: I think the Jeremy Sockton or Shogun, however you say his name, with oh, the Spurs, yeah. I think both of those guys are gonna be really good.
1: Um, I'm probably not as high on Jabari Smith as some people. Um I Don't remember.
0: you the one person that didn't have Jabari on our all rookie team.
1: No, I had him on an all rookie team. Okay, so
2: so I was it was me, it was me, really. Yeah, which is kind of shocking because I watched him play when he was at Auburn in person. I was like, this dude is incredible, but like the more I thought about it, he just didn't really fit into a spot for me on my two teams. And it's nothing
0: against him. I think he was on my second team. I actually had Eason on first team.
2: I, I honestly put uh. Sohan or – I don't even know how to say it, man, it's how so do you say it? It's Sohan. It's Sohan. Yeah, I, I put him over Jabari, and I felt like it wasn't saying he was better than Jabari. I just think he's going to have a sneaky good year this year and it's going to slip him in, and Jabari might go a little bit under the radar.
0: I get it. And, I mean, it's just like you never know with rookies, man. Like, you never know.
1: It's so unpredictable.
0: Um, all defense unanimous selections were DeJounte Murray, Giannis, Rudy Gobert, Marcus Smart. Who is someone, in your opinion, Luke first, that should have been on here?
1: Um, Drew Holiday wasn't mentioned, was he? No. Okay, I, Drew Holiday for me. Emmett? I mean, the favorite
2: on the panel for defense player of the year was Bam Adebayo, and he's not on here.
0: I did not even think about that. So, yeah, that – I mean, yeah, I guess I that's
1: that's a valid point. <laughs>
0: Bam, Bam did not make my all-defense team, and it's because, like I said, dude, it has nothing to do with Bam himself. I'm just – the all-defense stuff and defense player of the year has so much to do with your team. Yeah. Genuinely don't feel confident with what they have going on at the four. And so, for me, I also – I'm really expecting Clint Capella to do well defensively and to kind of anchor that defense in Atlanta, and I think they're going to be so much better. So, that was my second team pick. Obviously, Rudy was my first team pick. But, dude, the guy that I think should have been on here that I thought was – Herb Jones, dude. Oh.
1: Herb. Herb. Like, I think Herb Jones. Yeah, he's going to be fantastic. You think he's for sure a lock? Like, you think yeah. he's a lock? Yeah,
0: if, if you actually ask me who's a lock, well, Rudy Gobert would probably be, like, my number one lock to make an all-defense team. Yeah perimeter player? Herb Jones.
1: To be honest, I honestly overlooked Herb. Like I, I feel like I, I should have, have had, had him. him. I, I, I didn't have him too. I feel like I should have.
0: That's a first team guy to me. Like, like I would I can confidently say that I think that. And I also had mob or continue. That's just like I know he's a perimeter, and I do think like you guys heard me talk last week about how the Pelicans might not even have this great defense or anything, like at all, actually. Yeah. But like when you're on the perimeter, it's a little different in terms of, like, your impact. So, it's viewed differently. So, like, especially considering other perimeter, I don't know, man. I just – I think Herb should have been on there. Go ahead. You were about to talk about Evan Mobley.
2: Yeah, yeah I was going to say I had Mo- Mobley in there. And I had uh, some some Lakers just kind of M- – Lakers trolling and convincing me. Anthony Davis. <laughs> if he's healthy, dude, there's no reason he shouldn't be in there. I I
1: had him on my second team if he's I I am I'm being optimistic and saying this guy's going to be healthy can I believe that no but you guys got to do
0: already you guys got to do that's already dealing with minor injuries in preseason in your I know but but you can't predict I know someone to get I'm just messing around I
1: but with him you kind (laughs) of can
0: I'm just messing around he's totally that type of player but I don't know hard it'll it's there's only 10 spots in all defense it's I know there's only 10 for rookie but it's like your rookie's it's cool whatever it's hard to make an all-defense team
1: I mean true and you know it's kind of like you said about Kawhi like maybe not being able to be in that defensive player of the year conversation because of the amount of games that he played I mean if you're Anthony Davis, you know you're not going to make one of those teams playing 12 games a year. So, you know, <laughs> that's what it is. I
0: just like how your number you came up with was 12.
1: Popped <laughs> <laughs> in my like, head. Like you know.
0: could have said like 36 or something, and you were like I just,
1: 12. I thought I thought 12 drove the point home a little bit a little bit harder. I, I, so. I get it. <laughs>
0: uh, and lastly, our All NBA unanimous selections were Luca, Jason Tatum. Giannis, Embiid, Steph, Kevin Durant, Jokic, John Moran. Solid. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Um, I think, obviously, barring injury, those guys should be locks to get in. Um, but two guys that I really thought should have been locks were Trey Young and Kawhi Leonard.
1: Uh, I agree with that, Kawhi. I had Kawhi. I had Kawhi on my first I, team. I know
0: you don't agree with Trey.
1: <laughs> I, I, Trey is not on <laughs> any of my team. I mean, for God's
0: sake, you had him in the ninth ranked point guard. Obviously, he's not on your all NBA team. I, but I
1: absolutely agree with Kawhi. He was on my first team. Yeah, I
2: had Trey on my first team. Kawhi second team.
0: I have Trey. But, I mean, Trey first team. Also, on the agenda.
1: I just want to I mean, say. obviously. That if Trey comes out and has a monster year, like I will eat my words. Like I will, like I'll <laughs> own up to it.
0: If Trey comes as a monster year. We are, we're totally uploading the clip of you ranking him number nine. Yes.
1: And, and you know what? If Trey Young comes out, if Trey Young makes an all NBA team, I will get Young 11, like carved in the back of my head, like a haircut. <laughs> I swear. You ready then? I'll do it. I will
2: not eat my words. Whenever Anthony Edwards is bad, but Anthony yeah, Edwards was on my All NBA third team with Paul George and LeBron
1: James. So okay, you, well, you're telling me, Ant, he, he was on your third team. <laughs> Are you joking? I mean, tell me your joke. Wasn't going to be over.
2: He wasn't going to be over Luca Trey Steph, or Jaw.
1: Okay. And none of those are twos.
0: I'm he's your number one shooting guard. I thought he might be, like, number five overall in
1: the NBA. Yeah, you know, I, I thought he'd be up there in that top five for sure. But. I mean, the
2: shooting guard's kind of a weak position, but that's besides the point.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway, lastly, just kind of going to team standings, not going to spend too much time on this because there's injuries, teams blowing it up, teams siding tank, teams that come out out of nowhere. But our panel ranked the teams one through fifteen starting at the bottom in the Eastern Conference. Pacers at 15, Hornets at 14, Magic at 13, Wizards at 12, Knicks at 11, Pistons at 10, Bulls at 9, Raptors at 8, Heat at 7, Hawks at 6, Cavs at 5, Nets at 4, 76ers at 3, Celtics at 2, Bucks at 1. What stands out?
2: I was high on the Raptors. I had the Raptors like the third seed for me. But I just think they're going to be sneaky in the regular season. It's not saying they're going to make a run or anything like that, but I felt like they were a little bit low for me.
1: My my rankings kind of went right along the lines with, with what we had kind of consensus. So I don't I don't really have anything that's, you know, too crazy for me, at least on the Eastern side.
0: It, this isn't crazy to me at all. I guess I just assumed too much. I, I truly thought that like the Celtics were going to be number one across the board whenever we had these sent in. Like I, that's just what I thought. I, it, I mean, maybe, I have
1: yeah, I agree. I have them number one.
0: Maybe it was just like the whole Udoka situation or something for everybody. But like I, I still, I thought they were going to be number one. They're my number one for me. So it kind of shocked me that they're number two on the averages. I
2: think. I think the Bucks are just a safe regular season pick when it really comes down to it, because it's Giannis. You know, you're going to get Giannis every night, 110. percent Yeah, just it's that type of thing. Yeah,
0: it's fair.
1: I get, but I kind of go back to what you said earlier, Kyle, about that team. Like until Middleton's like back and and proven that he's he's going to step up. You know, like I, I don't really love what that team has. I mean, I'm I'm definitely lower on them than I have been in the last few years.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're really good. But I do agree with you. Like I was telling you guys off the pod, I got to see when Middleton is going to come back and how he is for the first two, three months when he is back. Because that could really affect them in the regular season, especially with how many teams we know are trying to win as many games as possible. Um, considering last year's standings, our panel, the biggest movers, had we had the Miami Heat, dropping the most out of anybody, going down six spots from one to seven. And we had the Hawks going up four spots. So, yeah, that was interesting. um Out west, our panel from, from the bottom to the top. At 15, the Jazz. Luke, weren't you the only one that didn't have them, like, last?
1: I had them at 13, but, like, I also – I had, like, the Jazz – 13, Rockets, 14, Thunder, 15. Like, I think one or two games separates those teams. Like, I don't think the Jazz are going to be as bad as, like, people think. Yeah. Obviously, I had two guys that I, I was on the rookie team that I that were from the Jazz.
0: Yeah. I just had to mess with you a little bit because it was like everybody had the Jazz last. Yeah, except
1: for me. <laughs> yeah. um, Rockets, Leave it to me or Emmett. Yeah.
0: Rockets, 14, Thunder at 13, Spurs at 12, Kings at 11, Blazers at 10, Lakers at 9, Grizzlies at 8, Pelicans at 7, Suns at 6, T-Wolves at 5, Nuggets at 4, Mavs at 3, Warriors at 2, Clippers at 1. Biggest standouts on that one?
1: I think the Suns are the 8 seed. Uh, I've I've said this before on the pod.
0: (laughs) I think the biggest thing that you would try to – and and you say what you want to but just to clarify before you get going in your biggest thing is that you think the suns are more of a play in team than they are a lock to make the playoffs as a top 6
1: Abs- absolutely yeah i mean and and i've i've said before like i don't really care for that team but you know I, just aside from my personal distaste for them I, I i don't think that i i think they absolutely did take a step back and um you know it's kind of like we were talking about in the in the and ta- the whole tanking thing like to me, this team is just not I, – I don't think they have a chance to be a top seed. Like, I, I don't see that from them. And I think they're more of a lock to be in the in the play-in range. And so I that's, that's something that I feel pretty strongly about.
2: Yeah, for me, both the East and the West was pretty close to what I had, except for, like, one team I had higher than everyone else. For me, it was the Pelicans. I had the Pelicans finishing second, and uh, we had them as seventh overall. So that was my one thing that stood out.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Luke, on like, son, that's not the big thing that stands out to me or anything, but in terms of are they a playing team or are they a top six, I'm very confident, could be totally wrong, that the Clippers, Warriors, Mavericks, Nuggets, and T-Wolves are all going to be top six teams. That's just how I feel on those five teams. If that's the case, that leaves one spot for a playoff lock, and you're talking about I mean, our next five teams are Suns, Pelicans, Grizzlies, Lakers, Blazers. The fact that only one team gets that spot, that's why I think they're more of a playing team probably than they are top six. Um, I think what stood out to me, though, was that our panel had the Spurs at 12. I think the Spurs are probably at 14 right in front of the Jazz. We're right there competing with the Jazz for for the worst record. I think they've made it super clear what their intentions are to do this year. So that's why I have them so low. I was kind of shocked that we that our panel had them at twelve.
2: Yeah, I, I had them at fourteen. I was I was low on them. But one thing with the Suns though, I want to say is, what are the odds both one seeds plummet down to the six, seven, eight range? Very high. <laughs> like is that I mean, ever? But I'm saying, has that ever happened before? Though
0: I have to look. I I, I, I,
1: I'm sure that it has. Like I, I mean, think about. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure that it's happened.
0: Yeah, yeah, probably at some point.
1: I, I think it's very high because I you know, I, I don't think I think the heat didn't get better. And I think the the suns definitely took a step back. So I, I think it's very realistic.
0: Yeah. So the most notable biggest movers here are the jazz going down 10 spots to our panel, but I think that one makes plenty of sense. Yeah. Suns going down five spots. There's some people that are still very high on the suns, but you know, I think a lot of people would tell you that they don't think the Suns are a top three team. And the Clippers going up eight spots. I think mm. that was pretty self-explanatory. A yeah. team that won 42 games gets Kawhi Leonard and Paul George back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's not much to explain. There. But that's our panel's predictions for the standings. And lastly, before we wrap this thing up, um, the most common, basically based off our panel's predictions, our panel thinks that the finals is going to be the Clippers versus the Celtics. Um five of the six panelists. We have eight panelists, but we were able to get six people uh for stuff in because we've late we just picked up two guys as of late on our panel. You two guys know that obviously, but um five of the six people picked the Clippers to come out of the West. Three of the other the other one was the Warriors. I think that was you, Emmett, right?
2: Yeah, I was about to say I was. I didn't realize I was the only person who didn't pick the Clippers. <laughs>
0: I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong
1: with that. Yeah, I mean, Draymond and the Warriors are going to be punching their way through the West, dude. They're going to be great. <laughs> hey, I'm sticking with
0: it. Nothing's changed. <laughs> I, I,
1: it's not. I
0: I have no arguing with that. Um, three of the six picked the Bucks to come out of the East. Three of the six picked the Celtics. Um, but the reason that that I ended up going with Celtics over the Bucks was because the Celtics were our most t- popular title pick. So we had, I don't even remember. I didn't write this stuff down, but, but yeah, the Celtics were the most popular title pick. And then it was Bucks, then Clippers. There was only, yeah. yeah. So that's what it came down to. Um, we'll keep it simple. Who do you think's winning at all? And and this means nothing, by the way. We're talking we're a week before yeah. starts before an 82 game season. But who do you think is gonna win it all? Go ahead, Emmett. Anthony
2: Edwards wins it by himself. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Uh the Celtics. That's my take. I'm running with it.
1: Um, I have the Celtics winning as well. And it's 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 hard to go to back to back NBA finals, but I think the, I think the Celtics are a team that's up for the challenge, and I think Jason Tatum is a full blown superstar at this point. Really? And I think I think him along with the, with the pieces they have on that team, they're fully equipped to to win a championship. I think obviously they've already been dealt, you know, kind of a bad hand with all the Ime Udoka stuff, but I think that they'll kind of come out and show that the foundation for greatness there has already been laid. And I think I think the big difference to me, like, obviously, I, having Malcolm Brogdon as the sixth man of the year, like, I think he adds something amazing to that team. And I think it'll be cool I think it probably goes to seven games, but I think the Celtics are able to squeak it out, and I think Tatum gets the MVP.
2: That's That's got to be the last team you want to play in the finals, though. Is it Celtics' team that just lost and Jason Tatum underperformed the entire
0: time? I yeah. agree. That's dangerous. Um, Listen, man. People rush championships. They don't come quick. We're in year four. Let's go Clippers. (laughs) All right. They're my pick. I know I'm a fan, but there are a lot of people's picks. So I think it's crazy in saying that. Um, But, yeah, that's it, except for one more thing that I want to ask you guys that I totally forgot to ask you when talking about Victor. So last little thing before we wrap up the pod, had to bring this out. Can't believe I forgot to say it. So, a team like the Thunder has all these draft picks piled up. Yeah. You throw in the house for them and just seeing if they would take the trade? Yeah. 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 So, like, what's the number?
2: Are we talking about for the Thunder or for any team in general?
0: Any. You have the number one pick. How many first-round picks does somebody have to give you?
1: Give me 12? Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know if 12 is the exact number. Like, it's got to be, I I mean, double digits. Yeah, do you think it's double digits? It's It's double digits to me. It's double digits to me for arguably the greatest prospect of all time.
2: It has to be an entire rookie contract length plus the extension plus a max contract afterwards. That's how long the first round takes that to last, in my opinion.
0: I, I just think it's priceless. Nobody has that yeah. many unprotected picks. Like everybody has some unprotected picks, and then also has like picks with protections. It's priceless to me. You, yeah, you, I give up whatever if, I have. You're to not do. getting. You're not getting. If I get the number one pick, don't even don't even call my phone. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I, that, I get. I, that. I mean that in
0: all seriousness. Like if I yeah. if I'm a team I'm, with the number one pick, do not even call my phone. Like call my phone, obviously, if you want to talk trade, don't even fathom talking about the number one pick
1: i mean yeah i I, and that makes sense like you know i the giving giving away double digit picks i mean obviously like if you're the if you're the team that's trying to make that pull off that trade like you're gonna have to offer something like that but it doesn't matter how many picks it doesn't matter if you trade me 20 picks like you're stupid if you give up victor like i i you can't pass that up
0: well also it's like the Thunder have this many picks, but they're never going to use them all. Like, the plan is to do something with them one day. Yeah. Like, it's not – and the Rockets have a ton of picks. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, you're not going to use all of them. You can't. you can't. Yeah. You don't have that many roster spots. You're not going to be able, if you end up having a lot of high draft picks, you can't pay everybody. Like, so, yeah, I mean, I just if I get the number one pick, don't call me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. With Giannis, Chris Middleton, Andrew Holiday. Yeah.
0: But, yeah. um, And make it a
2: three-team and throw in LeBron in there,
0: too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, man. Uh, NBA season starts next week. Let's freaking go. We're all excited. Um, I'm covering the Clippers, the Celtics, the Cavs, and the Thunder. Who are you guys covering?
1: I've got the (laughs) Lakers. I've got the Lakers, the Bulls, and the Nets.
0: You have the Suns, too. I have the Suns? Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. That was, like, a late – Put division. me on the spot. Okay, I got you.
2: Uh, T-Wolves, obviously. <laughs> um, Pelicans, Zion. Got the Mavs and the Raptors. So, I'm hyped, hyped about that. Be some interesting, interesting games and teams.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, but, yeah, so if you guys follow us on Twitter, like I said, at Coast, the number two, Coast, NBA, Coast to Coast, NBA, that's the handle. We're going to be covering these teams like crazy. So if you want to see anything about any any team in the NBA, follow us. And just follow us in general, man. Get updates on the pod, updates on everything you can think of. But with that being said, this is the end of episode 28 of the Coast to Coast podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We're going hard for you guys. Got a lot of things in the word. Got some guests coming in the next few weeks. I think you guys are going to really like as well. But, yeah, with that being said, this is the end of the episode. and We'll see you guys next week.